0: that, Can we give Chris Vaz a huge welcome to Newbridge, welcome as he comes to speak. Amen, so good to be here this morning. God is wonderful, isn't it? God can take, I always say that he can take the weak and demonstrate his strength. He can take the foolish and demonstrate his wisdom, and I think that's been our story. The most unlikely, we never thought, you know, I never thought I would across 20 years of age, you know, growing up, you know, in the circumstances I did in Mumbai and here am I, you know, still standing by the grace of God and now someone who had no value, no worth to be found worthy to serve in his kingdom. God is amazing, isn't it? So let's give him some praise this morning. He is so good, he is so wonderful. So if there was hope for me, there is hope for everybody. (laughs) Just, I wanna say how, you know, in, incredibly touched and inspired I, I am seeing your journey and the way God's leading you guys leading up to your hundredth uh, anniversary but the best is yet to come and I believe uh, the hundred years is it's is is, is kind of a is is a is a line in the sand for what God has next and there's something exciting there's something strategic uh, something that he's chosen you be here alive for a time such as this and so be prepared for what he has and what I want to share this morning is actually something I believe is prophetic for us as a church in the season as I travel around I've been sharing uh, something along these lines uh, I think I, I don't think I believe that we as a church have a very significant to par- a significant part to play in this season Right through history, you know, the church has been an incredible uh, tool that God has used, you know, to bring hope, to bring transformation, to bring uh, change in towns and cities and villages and never more so in a time such as this. The world is still reeling from COVID and, you know, so many other things that are happening, the wars and everything, you know, take away all the, the smiling faces and the confident faces. Deep inside, people are looking for answers. People are looking for For what's real right now. You know, what is it that we can really put, you know, our confidence in? And I believe God is raising up his church like never before for a time such as this. And the good thing is each of us have a part to play. All of us. If you're sitting here this morning, you have a part to play in what God is doing in this season. And one of the things I, I talk about when we talk about you know, we, we all want to grow as individuals. We all want to grow as a local church. And we've got some great templates, you know, that we can always look at, great church models. We, we look at church models and we're learning from one another. But if there's one church model that's timeless, that's the best that, in, uh, that I, we can look to in my estimation, it's the early church. Okay, because it says they turned the world upside down. It's written in black and white in the scriptures God used them to turn the world upside down and so while we're learning from one another hey let's look at the early church and I put down this morning what were the four reasons that were that the early church you know were able to see their world turn upside down and as we grow and keep changing and learning perhaps we can look at four principles from the early church and you could look at it as new bridge here uh, as revive here in new bridge uh, and say God how can we grow in these areas because we want to turn our world upside down as well amen Amen. so very quickly the four things as I was reading the book of Acts that I kind of found standing out to me and I shared this with our church and I said as we're developing and learning and you know tweaking and uh, uh, growing let's keep this simple foundation template of the early church in front of us so we can grow and we too can turn our world upside down now when you go home because we don't have time right now i would encourage you to read the book of acts in one go okay take you about two and a half hours not more than that you read it nice and steady and have a marker there because there are some phrases that occur in the book of acts again and again and again okay so the first thing the first thing that made the early church stand out and make a difference in their time. And this is one of the phrases that you'll find again and again and again in the book of Acts. Number one, they were in one accord. And if you go through the book of Acts, you'll find this phrase come up again and again and again. They were with one accord. And I pray this morning that as you go into your next season, even more than that you've been so far, you will continue to do things with one accord. I'll read a few verses now from the book of Acts. Bear with me. Acts 2.1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Acts 2.46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The line that comes up again, they were with one accord. Acts 4.32, now the multitudes of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they they had all things in common. Acts 5.12, and through the hands of the apostles, Many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Are you with me so far? Okay, I mean, I can go on and on, verse after verse after verse. Why was the early church successful in turning their world upside down? Number one, they were with one accord. A few more verses, bear with me. Acts 2.14. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to the men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. The question is, how many spoke during the sermon? It's not a trick question. One, but how many stood? All 11. So it was saying, even if one person was doing something, all the others stood with them. So whether you're putting the chairs at the back, listen, you might be doing that, but I'm with you in that. If you're leading the kids downstairs in Sunday school, you might be doing that, but I am with you. If you're at the back there doing the sound and the media and the PA while you're sitting up there, listen, we're all in this together. We're all in this. So though one spoke, all 11 stood together. Again, one of the hallmarks and the secrets of the early church's success, they were in one accord. And how many of you know one of the prayers that Jesus made just before he left this world and went up. He didn't pray for, Lord, give them lots of money. Lord, give them some great buildings and great equipment. While all that is extremely helpful and serves a purpose, what did he pray? Lord, make them one, just as you and I are one. There is great power, and we know Psalm 133 says that great power released when we're all together in one accord. It compounds The impact and it compounds the results when we begin to do things together with one accord. That's why Paul, you know, he said in in Ephesians, endeavor to keep the unity. How many of you know it's not easy? Put five people together, bound to have some rubbing of shoulders and conflict because we're human beings. We're all, I'm as capable of upsetting you as you are capable of upset, upsetting me but what paul is saying despite our human limitations and we have a wrong day where we say the wrong thing at the wrong time listen look beyond that and endeavor to keep the unity because there's a greater cause and the greater purpose that we're all living for in one accord so i put down a couple of things unity is an individual choice so i've got to decide i want to sign up to this being in one accord. Because it's a decision that we all have to individually make. So I'm not gonna wait for the others to say what they're saying. I'll put my hand up first and say, count me in. I wanna be in one accord with my fellow brothers and sisters in this place. But if we all make that individual choice, guess what? It's gonna have an incredible repercussion in what God does in the days ahead. Number two, unity is also demonstrative, not just a sentiment. Just as love is not just a sentiment, it's always demonstrated. I can say I love you and I can sit in my chair and there's no demonstration. But just as love is a demonstration beyond the sentiment, even unity is a demonstration beyond just being a nice sounding sentiment. Acts 2 verses 41 and 42 shows us what they meant by being in one accord. It says, and those who gladly received his word were baptized And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers and it goes on. They did prayer meetings together. Hey, they did Bible study together. They had fun together. They had fellowship together. So it wasn't just, yep, we're all in one accord. It was demonstrated by them coming together, doing things, serving together, Serving one another together, corporately signing up to, to what, what's happening together uh, as a corporate body. There was that demonstration uh, in, in, in their unity more than just it being a sentiment. And I put down unity is costly, is not easy, you know, but it's worth, it's worth the price. It's worth the price. And so sometimes there are ups and downs. Don't throw the towel in. Just because of a few ups and downs in the journey of being in one accord. But the early church was successful. They were able to see their world turn upside down, number one, because they were all together in one accord. Turn to your neighbor and say, Let's be in one accord. Okay? Number one. The second reason that I was, when I was reading the book of Acts, I said, Hey, what is it? Why? Lord, why were they able to turn the world upside down? We're doing everything, you know, in our capacity, but we want to see more. The second thing that you see happen again and again and again and again. And so if you have another, use another colored marker if you're doing the book of Acts, because you're going to find the second phrase come up again and again and again in the book of Acts. Okay? Acts, I'll read the first verse, Acts five forty-two, And daily... In the temple and in every house, they did not cease preaching Jesus as the Christ. The second reason why the early church were able to turn the world upside down is they simply preached Jesus. They preached Jesus. Acts 8.4, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Acts 8.5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Acts 8.25. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Acts 8.35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Acts 8.40. But Philip was found in Azadus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities Till he came to Caesarea. Acts 9.20. This is Paul when he got saved. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogue. That he is the son of God. you getting the drift. I've only given you a few of the long line of verses I've got here. They preach Jesus. That's why Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Preaching Jesus. Now, I'm not saying all of us have the confidence to take a microphone and stand on the street and begin to, we're we're wired differently. Though we're saying, Lord, give us the boldness to do that. But we preach Jesus every day. Hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I share what happened in my life? Sharing our story and using those little, little, little opportunities to sharing Jesus. Ultimately, the Bible says you shall know the Truth and the truth shall set you free. Now, we do a lot of fantastic works as Gateway Church. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a lot. We do a lot of work, but we realize that the works we do are only bridges to connecting with people. The works are not going to save them. Our cups of tea and coffees are not going to save people, but we use those bridges to connect with them. And at the right time, we get the opportunity, we preach Jesus. Because it's only the gospel who can turn someone's life upside down, right side up. Let me give you one or two stories. So, uh, I mean, one of them, one, we were in a meeting in Abergavenny, some of the ministers, we were just catching up for coffee, and one of them said, Chris, how do, you, how do you witness in India? How do you do evangelism in India? That's where I come from, you can tell, okay? How do you get, these, how do you get Hindus, uh, you know, to 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 get to know the Lord because right now persecution is rife huge back home in India so I said listen very simple actually very simple to get a Hindu come into church why because they believe all gods are one and so they don't want to offend any God so if you say come to church they'll be there the next Sunday so we can actually fill our churches in the thousands with Hindus I said but that's not the point because at some point very soon in that relationship, we've got to tell them, listen, it's actually not just coming to church. It's not just another God. It's only Jesus who can give you eternal life. Now, that's where literally all hell breaks loose because that's when they get upset. It's like we're accepting your God, but you're not accepting our God. It's like the current culture in our world, the inclusivity. Hey, we all got to be one, but that's not the truth. It's only Jesus and his truth that sets people free. And so, and so we, we've got to have that conversation with our friends. And that's when they unfriend you from Facebook. That's when they decide no more uh, association because uh, they're not accepting our God. What happened crazy? They walk away three months, six months, nine months, sometimes one year down the line. You bump into them. And they say, guess what? We decided to leave everything else and only follow Jesus. Now, who did that? Not us. Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who brings the transformation. He's the one who brings the conviction. He's the one who brings the revelation. Our job is to sow the seeds. Preach Jesus. The early church, they were successful because they shared Jesus with every opportunity. They got give you one more story. This happened in Mumbai where I come from. So this, uh, you know, young Passionate, evangelistic young man decides to go into the trains. You know, we've got crowded trains in Mumbai and give some tracks out. Give some tracks, little literature, four pages, lots of Bible verses on it. So he's got his bag, typical evangelist in Mumbai, takes his bag with his tracks and he's going in these crowded trains and he's giving, giving tracks. And now one of the guys takes the track and immediately gets very angry What's this Christian giving this Christian literature over here? And he tears those pieces of paper. And, in, and if you've seen the trains in Mumbai, mind you, we don't have closed windows or closed doors, okay? I know it's a bit of a shock, but we don't have closed windows or closed doors. In fact, people sometimes sit on top of the trains as well, if you've seen some of those pictures. It's crazy. Don't, I don't advise you trying this at home, okay? But that's how we live back there. So, anyway, he tore this track and he flung it out of the window. Yeah? Not realizing that on the parallel track, there was another young man walking, waiting for the train from the opposite, opposite side to run him over because he was fed up with life, going through a very tough time. And as he's walking, one of those little pieces of paper, the triangle piece of paper, flew through the end, hit him, hit him in the chest. And he took that piece, and there were three words Bread of life. And because India is a very spiritual country, he thought there's some higher power that's trying to tell me something. So let me inquire who this bread of life is or what this bread of life is before I kill myself. Long story short, he found Jesus. And he got saved. Listen, the early church was successful because despite everything else that they did, number one, they were in one accord. And number two, they preached Jesus. I tell you, the world right now, my friends, is desperate for good news. And it's not just on a Sunday morning. It's not just just when we put our special events. Those are all great tools. But every day, you and I have opportunities to sow the love of Jesus into somebody's heart. Like I said, if you're not confident like me, a simple thing I found that works 99 out of 100 times, can I pray for you? What an opening opportunity to build a conversation. 99 out of 100 times, people don't say no. We were doing a bit of street evangelism and we met a, met a young guy. He was like, I'm an atheist. Don't talk to me about all this. Had about 15 minutes conversation. At the end, I said, would you like some prayer for anything? Oh, yes, please. Can you pray for this? I thought, <laughs> 15 minutes said, I don't believe in anything. But when I asked you about prayer, yes, please. Listen, when you say, ask someone, can I pray for you? Something touches them on the inside. And then it opens up a door to share about your own brokenness and say, listen, I've been broken. I am still broken in so many ways, but I found someone who can fix me and heal me and give me something better than what I've ever had. And so number two, they preached Jesus. One or two more verses on that, just to kind of wrap this up. Uh, Acts 10, 42, and he commanded us, Acts 11, 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only, Acts eleven twenty, 20. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Serene, who, when they had come back to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. I think you'd say, Chris, that's enough. We've understood this. Let's go out and start preaching now. Let me give you one more verse on this whole thing about preaching Jesus. You know, the last two verses of the last chapter of Acts always touches my heart. Because this is Talk about Paul, the great apostle. Now he's like at the end of his life, end of his journey. This is what he says. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things with concern, the Lord Jesus Christ with all content. Now he's already done three missionary journeys. <clears throat> he's been persecuted. He's been shipwrecked. He's been hungry. He's been beaten. He's gone through everything. This actually, they call it the fourth missionary journey, but he actually is sitting in Rome right now, waiting to be executed because of his faith. He could have said, ah, oh, you know, I've done everything. Maybe I, this is the last few years of my life. Paul, the great apostle, white hair, white beard, must have said, let me do some painting or something, some, you know, book reading classes and, you know, learn some cooking or something. No, no, no. He, the last two years of his life, he said, let me invest it in preaching the King." And I say, Lord, till my last breath on earth, till the last drop of blood that I have, if I can do what Paul did, preach Jesus. Preach the King. You with me this morning. Yeah. Guys, he is, he, I believe the Lord is now challenging his church afresh, giving us a reminder of the template that works. We've done a lot of stuff and yep, we've seen some wonderful things. But right now, we've got to, we've got to see more than we've ever seen before. And the Lord is reminding us of things that work. Number one, in one accord, putting aside all the little differences and, the, and the, you know, the getting upset and this and saying, listen, we're going to stay together, focused on the mission now. A world that needs saving. And number two, preaching Jesus. Every day, every opportunity we get. Number three, actually the first two are enough, but there's two more that you see, uh, you know, uh, recurring as part of what the early church were involved with in seeing their world turn upside down. Number three, you may say, Chris, this is not very exciting. I wish you stopped at two. But the third thing that were very common, uh, part of the early church, number three, they faced persecution. Now, I'm not saying we look for persecution. I'm not saying we pray for persecution. I'm not saying we say, this is it. what I'm trying to say. We're living in a time... Where we are going to see an opposition if you're a Christian. And so rather than hide away, we're preparing ourselves to say, whatever the cost, we're still going to let our light shine for oh Jesus. We're going to let our light shine for oh Jesus. You know, we, when we go to the world, we don't go with pride and arrogance. We go with love. We go with humility. We go with compassion. But yet we go with the confidence that what we have whatever might come against us we're not willing to lose it we're not willing to give it up because we know it is true you know Matthew ten twenty-two. Jesus said this you will be hated by everyone because of me but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved opposition is growing but stand firm in other words John 15 verses 18 to 21 It says, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They would do all this. They will do all this to you because of me they have rejected the one who sent just the reality of what if we want to see our world turn upside down there will be times we will face opposition but let me tell you this we like i said we are facing massive massive persecution back home in india they're literally lynching people uh on the streets uh, and and stuff you won't see that in the news because the media is controlled but because we're connected we know it's right now number 10 on the barnabas list uh But the beautiful thing is, as they say, the blood of the martyrs are the seeds of the church. Hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people are coming to the Lord daily, daily, okay? And not just coming in convicted about their need for the Savior because they know if they choose to follow Jesus, they are sticking their necks out, they're going to be ostracized by their families, they could possibly be beaten. They're going to lose their jobs in in some place in some of their workplaces. But they realize they found the treasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. They found the treasure. That's why the man who found the treasure he put everything on the right hand side column. Family, uh, I'm going to lose this, lose this, lose this, lose lose my sleep on a Sunday morning to go to church. I'm going to lose this. I've got to support the work that's happening. I've got to give my tithes and offerings. He put all that on the column and he said, this is still better because I found the treasure. And anything that I can put on this side cannot even come close because I found the treasure. My friends, this morning, you're sitting in church. Have you really found the treasure? I, I, I keep putting that to my church from time to time. Guys, you're sitting here on a Sunday morning. But have you really found the treasure? Because if you found the treasure, you're willing to lose everything. Because you know what you have in Christ is far better than anything else put together that this world can give us or money can buy. Listen, I, that great song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I mean, you know the story. It was a guy who was about to be killed, his family killed, his wife killed. In that moment of time, he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Hey, that's why we need each other. That's why we need to be in one accord because when the persecution and opposition comes, one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. We can find strength in each other. And so just to encourage us, there will be opposition. We try to be at peace with all men. Of course, we don't go, like I said, don't go looking to create trouble but when you stand for Jesus, it's worth it. We face lots of challenges even in Abergaveni. Mean, people see the good things happening, but the behind the scene, the, 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 the persecution, the challenges because we stand. We stand for what we believe in. We don't compromise on, on what the Bible says. Sometimes we're the only ones in certain areas standing for what we believe in. and therefore everyone's like what we've seen is the favor of God, the goodness of God people still getting saved people now still wanting to tie up with us despite we the old ones for standing clear for what we believe in today it's in their interest to sign up to Gateway because they're getting mileage because they're partnering with Gateway to God be the glory he is the glory and the lifter of our heads when we stand for him he doesn't put us to shame finally number four you with me this morning keeping my eye on the clock can't see it very clear it's about 11:15 right now so. <laughs> so number 1 they were all with one accord in one accord guys keep building that number 2 preach jesus holy spirit gives us the courage and the strength share a testimony pray for somebody number 3 be ready for opposition If you want the big things, be ready for opposition. But he who is faithful will protect us. Number four and the last thing that marked the early church as to why they were able to turn their world upside down. Number four, the early church operated in the supernatural. Acts 14.3, therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. It's confirming everything now who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. They didn't do it. Who did it? He did it. But they were willing to step out. They had an expectation. There was faith. Now, like I said, we have two wings God's given us. One is the wing of love, where we demonstrate kindness and compassion and, you know, the good works that we do, uh, helping people, caring for people, But we've got a second wing. Silver and gold have we none. But what we have, we can give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Listen, my friends, we've got power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we can be his witnesses. But but he can also demonstrate the power of the living God. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides inside us same dynamite, same dunamis, you know, and the world outside is needy. And while we serve them through the love gifts, guess what? We can also serve them through the power gifts. Hey, do you need healing? Can I pray for you? Again, it takes a little step of faith to step out in it. But as we begin to do that, he is faithful. He is faithful. I was, recently, I, went, I was invited to the House of Parliament. It was, it was crazy because they invited four of us, high-level meeting, to talk about why should the Christian church uh, have its rights protected. And here am I representing Wales, uh, House of Parliament. So I said, Lord, what do I say? Because three of us were given a few minutes to speak before they asked us all the questions. I said, Lord, give me, I, I've got few minutes, what do I say? And Lord just inspired me straight away. You know, I, I told. I, 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 this is what I said to them. I said, secular culture right now, mod, our modern culture, we are meeting three kinds of needs that our, our, our people are facing. Number one, we're meeting physical needs, which is very important. I said, number two, we're meeting emotional needs, very important. We're meeting mental needs with mental health, very important. I said, there's another need that you might not be aware of, but only God and his people are aware of. There's a spiritual need. And I said, a lot of what's happening in our country is rooted because of the spiritual need. And if that spiritual need is not addressed, we can keep doing all the other three, but we'll only be touching the surface. We'll be only treating the fruit and not the root. And that's why we as God's people are able to identify spiritual needs See people set free. See people set free. You know, I gave them some statistics. I said, Stats don't lie. That too, if it's not the Christian organization that's done the stat, a secular marketplace organization, I said, Right now, uh, teenage youngsters are are facing so many challenges that they never faced before. I said, Suicidal tendencies among young people on the climb. Stats don't lie. Self harm is on the rise stats don't lie mental health is on the rise stats don't lie crime is on the rise stats don't lie i said if what we were doing as modern 21st century you know worldview culture philosophy whatever is meeting those needs those numbers should go down but the fact that the numbers are going up there's a problem and that's why jesus is the one who can give answers to those problems i said Look at history. Wherever the gospel went in, these numbers went down. And right through history, wherever, these, wherever God, God was taken away from schools or whatever, these numbers went up. My friends, you and I have within us the dynamis, power of the Holy Spirit. Let's begin to take a step of faith and operate in them. There are times things may not happen the way we want them to. God, is, God knows best. Sometimes we pray for people. They don't always get healed. Hey, we're the sowers. Just like the gospel message. We sow seeds. Not everyone comes to the Lord straight away. Who knows somewhere down the line what God's plan is. We're sewers. We pray by faith. We've, so I said there are times we've not seen answers. But at times we've seen some crazy miracles happen. Wombs being opened up, cancers being dissolved. God is able. God is able. And so, as we bring this to land in just a moment, get ready for your next season. God is preparing his bride in our land, in Abergavenny, in Newbridge, all across our nation for a time such as this. And what a privilege to be counted worthy, to be partakers of his end time plan. We who, like I said, like myself, I would, I would rule myself out. No chance. I can't do this, Lord. But like I said, he takes everyday people like you and me. Ordinary. No great things to show. But it's not us. He who is in us demonstrates his glory. To so sum it up. The early church successful for reasons one accord. Maybe you have the band to come up just your time of reflection in just a moment and just pray for one another as well. But they were in one accord. Let's make it our purpose as we go into the next season as a local church. We will be in one mind, in one purpose, one focus. We want to see Newbridge saved for Jesus. Put our Everything together. Take our five loaves and two fish, put all our gifts into the mix, and say, "Lord, now you multiply it and you feed the thousands outside." Preach Jesus. Every day, Holy Spirit opportunities are being made available. Every day, I went to have a haircut the other day, struck up a conversation with the young lad who was cutting my hair. He said, "I'm just desperate about my future. Hey, Jesus knows the plan for your future." Oh, thank you. I'll pray for you. Yeah, thank you. So a seat. Be ready to stand in the, in the face of opposition. In your workplace, you may be ostracized. Keep standing. He will protect you. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. And finally, moving the supernatural. Pray. Yeah, ask God for prophetic words. Ask God for words of knowledge. Hey, that's a game changer. How did you know that? Your dad who created you told me. Let's stand together. Just take a moment. Just reflect on all we've heard this morning. It's an exciting day, my friend. Exciting day. And all of us are needed for a time such as this. There's no unemployment in the kingdom of God. Every person needed. Even if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus. Listen, he's got a plan for your life. And that's why he's brought you here this morning. Because he wants to accomplish wonderful things through your earthly life. So if you still do not know Jesus, come and speak to one of the leaders after service. Join this exciting journey that doesn't end with earth. But only he gives us eternal life forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord. We just look to you this morning. We look to you. Look to you, author and finisher of our faith. We look to you. Come and just renew us this morning. Revive us afresh. Give us a fresh revelation of who we are and what we've been called to for a time such as this. Cause us to see beyond the everyday. Give us this day our daily bread. But cause us to look and say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth. In my life, in my circumstance, in my workplace, in my family, in my friend circle, in my neighborhood. As it is heaven <coughs> Help us to see that he who's in us is greater than he who's in the world. That our hands can see people set free our words can bring life into hopeless death situations and father right now for those going through a very troubled time I just want to pray right now your intervention if you're going through something right now just just slip your hand up just that I can see that just want to pray for you not going to call you to the front but praying wherever you are just if you need a healing touch this morning just just slip your hand up we're gonna pray just a few lifting your hands that's fine you can you can keep it down go pray father thank you for supernatural power in the name of Jesus and so Lord we pray this morning for healing for those who need a physical healing I pray right now I, I I rebuke those illnesses those demons that are causing those sicknesses if they are we rebuke it in the name of Jesus and we speak your healing from heaven We say bodies be well this morning in Jesus' name. We say minds be well in the name of Jesus. Pray for peace for those who are not sleeping well at night. Father, I pray that they would sleep well tonight in the name of Jesus. Those cycles of fear, those cycles of anxiety. Father, you would lift it off because you're the Prince of Peace. And you would just bring your healing this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, for those who, who lifted their hands and they're going through a very difficult time, I pray, Lord, you would intervene. You would bring order where there's chaos. You would calm the storm where there is a storm. And if you need to, for them to go through the storm, you would give them your calm to go through the storm because you're working out something in the name of Jesus. You're working out something. And so we bless your name in this place. You're here. You say you dwell in the praises of your people. We honor you, we bow before you this morning. We acknowledge you in this place here. Holy God, we worship you. We lift you up. We honor you. So build us together as one family all across this nation. One church, different congregations. All running together to see the kingdom advance. To see life in our dead towns and villages. Hope in hopeless situations. So give you praise this morning. Thank you. You're going to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or imagine because you're a miracle worker, supernatural God. We thank you this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name and all of God's people say, amen. Let's give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We bless you.